Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome again, everyone, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I am super excited about our guest today. I'm excited about all our guests, but our guest today has a lot going on. She's a gal on the go. Um, She is the owner of the Electric Bat Arcade. She is the marketing director for Marco Specialties. She's an amazing artist, and she's a pretty cool chick. I'm very excited to welcome from Tempe, Arizona, Rachel Best. Yay! Thank you. Thanks, Lauren. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I know you're so busy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she agreed to be on the show. She's got so much stuff going on. (laughs) Thank you so much for for taking the time out to be here today. I really appreciate it. Rachel, you wear a lot of hats. For people who may not know you, could you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about your pinball origin story, how you came into the wonderful hobby and sport of pinball and where you're at today? Sure. So my story is, is very similar to a lot of other people's. I started out with a main machine maybe 10 or so years ago, and that quickly turned into one pinball machine, then two, three, 10, and so on. Um, and at the time, I also co-founded ZapCon, which is the Arizona Pinball and Arcade Show. So started there. Then the pinball machines kept coming in, added onto the house, added an arcade. That wasn't enough room. So rather than pay for storage, we ended up opening an arcade um, at, a, at, a, at a punk bar that's, that's been open every single day for about 50 years. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> so, so we knocked down some walls there and expanded, expanded that out to make room for an arcade. And that had originally maybe 20, 21 machines, pins and bids. And then that got expanded again in the last couple of weeks. So now we're at about 40 machines, 25 to 30 pins, and the rest uh, vids and and various other machines. Um, Yeah, so my job at Marco, that happened kind of... it, it works out with both of those things. I met the Marco crew at ZapCon whenever they had a booth there one year. And they were looking for someone to join the team. And they said, hey, hey, do you want to do this? Are you serious? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so I kind of telecommuted for about a year then went on the road and, and did shows. And uh, that job was really great for me because I get a discount on parts. And I'm not sure how many pinball machines. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you how many pinball machines I own right now. So the parts, you know, that I need a lot of parts, and um, that's the the biggest perk of that job. That and and traveling around to all the different shows. So, for example, in the last 14 days, I've been in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, and Arizona, um, all for pinball. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, and, and today is Wednesday that we're recording this. And on Monday, we moved my husband out here from, so we we drove out to Nashville for the Grand Old Game Room Expo. And from there, caught a flight to Phoenix uh, with a whole bunch of suitcases, which the airlines lost. 
so they they found him. That's fine. Um, they brought him to the house, but it's it's been a busy uh, busy time, and we're we're finishing up. We're in the very final stages of um, a new pinball uh, and venue place up in Flagstaff. So about two and a half hours north of Phoenix. Oh wow! We'll have a a, a large venue, bar, and arcade. Oh my God. Well, there is a lot to unpack there. So we're going to talk about all of that on this episode. Definitely. So we'll step back a few. You were just at the Grand Old Game Room Expo in Nashville, Tennessee. Tell us a little bit about that. I've never been to that event. What is your kind of role? I mean, I always see the pictures of the Marco crew and I've, you know, of course, run into you guys at different events. Tell us a little bit about the the Grand Old Game Room event, but also your role as a marketing director. Uh, what kind of goes into, you know, putting on an event like that from, from a Marco standpoint? Well, from the Marco standpoint, we, we bring out games, we bring out product, we set up the, the big trust that everybody's familiar with from, uh, if you've, if you've been to a show where the Marco booth is, we usually have a big trust set up with um, all kinds of, what we like to do is, is bring extra party to a show, uh, make sure that everyone has the most recent games. We've teamed up with Stern. So we usually have uh, Mike Vinicor out from Stern, and he helps uh, he helps out on the Stern side, and uh, we just have a, a, a big booth anywhere varying from from about a dozen games or fifteen games up to about sixty games. That our our biggest presence to date has been well, actually the most recent Expo, but before that at, at uh, MGC up in Milwaukee. So, so sometimes they're they're giant, and actually my role as as coordinating all of that, I've stepped back a little bit of that. And Emoto Arcade, if you're familiar with her from yes. her, she's she's doing a lot of what I used to do in in terms of just making all of that part come together. And I'm doing a little bit more on the back end of that, a little more behind the scenes. So there's just a lot of coordination that has to go on between the showrunners, the people that want games. FedEx, the hotels, I mean, just making sure that everything goes together, making sure the ads get made and and sent out, making sure that any sort of uh, email type things get created and making sure that content is produced for the show, from the show, sent out from the show. So she and I are kind of a team at this point doing the marketing for Marco. And I'm doing, I'm heading a little bit more into product development and helping out in, in that arena. Oh, yeah. No, that's amazing. And I will say that I, that's something I've noticed just from your post. And I've just seen, you know, Emoto has been on the show. So she talked a lot about her role in developing, you know, videos and things. But I have seen her a lot more at the expos and at the events. So that's really great that she's kind of taking on more of a role in that marketing aspect. I think she'd be fantastic at it. Or she is fantastic at it. She is. Yeah, she's such a people person. She's amazing. I, you know, yeah. I love her as a person. She's great to work with. Um, you know, we're, we're great friends and I, yeah, I can't say enough great things about Emoto. Yeah, no. And one of my favorite things that Marco does, because I mean, not that I'm that cheap, but it's nice when I can order things and you guys <laughs> say I can pick them up at the show and I don't have to pay shipping. I get so excited. I totally forgot I needed <laughs> some stuff and I'm like, I should have ordered ahead because we have the Houston Arcade Expo coming up at, like in two days. I'm like, oh. I forgot. Yeah. Like, dang it! Um, but you guys, I'm so excited. I know you guys are going to have a huge presence at that show. 
Um, it's always fun to see all the games out from Marco. And then just, you know, I'm, I always pick up any stuff anyway. That's my thing. It's like, I'm always going to pick up something anyway, but, uh, it, it's something, a, a neat thing that you offer to your customers. Do you guys, do you find that you, you know, cause Marco is kind of a name. If you have a pinball machine, you kind of know that Marco is where you go to get a lot of your parts and especially a lot of parts that sometimes you don't even think you can find anymore. Um, yeah. but do you, do you find a lot of new customers when you do these expos? Um, kind of what's the, the connection for you guys with your customer base? Is it like, you know, seeing a bunch of old friends, do you get a lot of new customers? Yeah, it's, it's very much, um, old friends. We do get new customers, but like you said, if you have a pinball machine, you probably already know who Marco Specialties is. Um, so it's more, it's exciting for us because we see a lot of names come through our emails and talk to people on the phone, but getting to meet people in person is probably everybody's favorite part of that job. Um, so just, just to be able to form, I know all of us on the staff have formed really, uh, some very close friendships. I mean, I, I met my husband through Marco and just before the Nashville show, he was, he was talking about some customers that we have that are in the area. He's like, man, I, I hope Natasha and Steve come out and they came out and it turned out they're moving to Phoenix. So they're going to be you know, neighbors awesome. of ours. So, but you know, we just met those people through pinball. They wanted a pinball machine and, and we hang out all the time. All of our closest friends we've met through pinball and the luxury of being able to travel to, to I think I've done 16 shows this year. So I get to see all these people from, from all over the country. And, you know, I'm, I, I will probably remember your name. I will not remember what state you live in. <laughs> you know, just, I know that I'll, I'll see you somewhere. The most likely thing that I'll remember is what machines you have. <laughs> like I'll know, you know, what, what you needed, what, what you were having problems with. That's the stuff that sticks, sticks the most in, in my head. And so that's, that's great for us to be able to make those connections with, with the whole pinball community. When I bought my first machine, the guy drops it off and he, and I like have no idea what's going on. I'm like, I just bought a pinball machine. I just spent a thousand dollars. I on a, Cleop machine? a Cleopatra a EM. Oh, yes. I have a solid state version. Yeah. I saw that in the picture. I'm like, ah! um, yeah, no, but he, so he drops it. My husband and I are looking at each other and he's like, what did you just do? I was like, I don't know. I just spent a thousand dollars on, I don't even know how this thing turns on or anything. <laughs> and Brett, he's so nice. The first thing he's like, okay, there's this company called Marco. Just if you need parts, just go to them. Okay. And so began my journey with Marco. Um, yeah, I have like the Marco bag. I have all the Marco stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, all but, of my groceries get bagged in those blue bags. The little blue bags. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you guys, I, the, the customer service, though, I think is the, the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, just again, I feel like they're friends and somebody that everybody that works at Marco, I will say this, that I have encountered has a passion for a pinball. I don't think you could really do that job if you weren't passionate about it. So it's so much fun to meet people who are just geeked out over the same things that you are. Yeah. I think it would be neat for the public to be able to, at some point, just do the walkthrough of the warehouse the same way that people go on the Stern tour. I know that my first time at the actual, at the shop, the physical location, it's, it, it's just mind boggling. There's 50,000 or more uh, SKUs in the warehouse. So that's, that's a ton wow. of parts. And then just walking up and down the aisles and seeing, you're just like, oh, that's the this from this game. And 
and here's, you know, you just recognize little, little things here and there. And geez, I didn't know there was that many switches. Um, it's, it's so amazing and overwhelming. Uh, it's just such a cool thing to see if you're someone who's in, into pinball and, and fixing machines. Yeah, no, it's, it's really amazing. I'm trying to become a better, uh, pinball repair person. Um, on, on the episodes, listeners, you have heard my saga of me trying to fix things. It doesn't always go well, but I really try, but I do enjoy shopping. And so it is fun to go on the market website. I'm like, I need this and this and this. Where do you see, or what is y'all's vision for, you know, 2020 and beyond um, from a marketing standpoint for Marco? Do you guys have any kind of plans or what are some next big events that you guys have going on? Well, we've got the Houston show next that's next weekend. Uh, and then after that, all next year, we're, we're focusing a lot on just getting, um, making sure that we've got more parts available to more people and all the things that go along with that, making big parties at shows, just increasing that pressure presence. And we've stepped it up a lot in the last couple of years. And now with Emoto on board, we've got a few other people we're working on, on some, some more informational stuff to get out to the public to help teach folks how to work on machines, all of those, those types of things. So, so helping folks that aren't necessarily knowledgeable about that side of it, giving them some resources to do that. We've just, we've really got a ton of in-house projects. Some, some are kind of on the DL, some not so much, but there's, there's a, we've been doing a lot of hiring. There's a lot going on uh, inside the company. I think that's a really interesting point, um, kind of connecting with customers because, you know, when you decided, hey, I'm going to plunk down two grand, three grand, whatever on a machine, there's always that moment where people hesitate because they're like, I don't know how this works. I'm a little intimidated, especially the first time anybody lifted a play field. And when I looked at it, I kind of stepped back like, oh, sweet Jesus, I cannot do this. I do not have a degree in electrical engineering. This is a hard no. But I think that with the videos, um, you know, Emoto talked a little bit about the the, the videos, um, but I'm really excited to kind of see where that goes because like I need, um, I'm trying to learn how to solder. So that's like my big thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this. Um, you know, just learning how to do things like rebuild flippers and, and t- trying, trying to take the mystique out of it like that. You can't do this on your own. Um, the guy that does the work here locally, I've talked about him on the show. Hi, Mike, what's up? Um, but Mike, um, McKenna, he, he, he made a point when I bought my second machine, he's like, all right, you need to learn how to start working on these. He's like, I can come out here and fix them for you. But if you're going to really get into this hobby, you need to learn how to do this for yourself. So I think that's great that, you know, as a a distributor and as a, you know, seller of parts that you're actually enabling and empowering your customers with that knowledge, like, Hey, this doesn't just need to be a part that you're, you know, giving to the guy that's fixing your machine. You can do it yourself. Right. And sometimes, uh, that can be really the difference between somebody who has one machine and someone who has the confidence to have 10, 15 machines. If you don't have a deep checkbook to, to be able to write those tech repair bills, it's very helpful. And soldering, um, soldering is a very easy thing to do, but people get very in- intimidated by it. So one of our bells and chimes meetups in Phoenix, instead of, um, instead of a tournament, we had some free play later on, but the first part of it, I just gave some demonstrations about here's how you solder. Here's some old busted up boards. You can all practice on, um, some, some old arcade 
parts that I had uh, and just teaching, uh, you know, 15 women how to solder. And then here's the drop targets work. Here's how, here's how you repair it. Here are some likely things to go wrong with your machine. And, and a lot of those women had never seen the underside of a play field. And that's actually one of Mark, the owner of Marco, um, one of his favorite things to do whenever anyone, it could be the UPS man that walks in the building. Have you ever seen the bottom of a pinball machine? And he'll show them, you know, there's a a mile of wire in here and you see him go through the same thing. and, And it's, everybody is so excited to see it. And it's, it's, it's a funny thing to watch him do to anybody who walks <laughs> through that door. That's the best. No, I, I remember the first time I lifted it up. I'm like, okay, I'm a little freaked out right now. Um, but I think that's great that you're doing that with the Bells chapter. Some of our Bells in San Antonio have their own machines. A lot of them don't. But we're trying to, I'm like, if you get one, you're going to get two. That's how it works. Because you're going to own an arcade. Then you're going to yeah, own two arcades. So. See, exact, no, see, you're you're who I want to be when I grow up. Because <laughs> I'm like, I could own an arcade just like Rachel. That would be super awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so I have to, of course, ask you the electric bat arcade. So I think, I because I had to do some stealthy research on you. Um, it's about a year, just over a year old right oh, now. Yep, just a little over a year. So how did that come to come to be? I guess somewhere just to, you know, as you mentioned earlier, somewhere to put your collection. Um, what, what kind of gave you the drive? Like, I want to open an arcade. Well, so actually they came to me. Uh, they knew that they wanted to put an arcade in the bar um, and asked around and several different people said, hey, you should go talk to Rachel. So I just offered to meet up with them for lunch and tell them kind of, here's how I think you should do it. Here are just some, what I think would be a, a smart path to do it. And then you could see like their faces were all just like, Oh, this is, I'm, I'm in over my head. Um, and they just said, well, would you like to do it? It's like, well, okay. And it's, it all started from there. And I think we, from the time we agreed to do it, I think it was maybe three to four months within that time period between yes, I'll do it. And doors are open. Everything is is working. You know, we, there was a lot of construction in that time and a lot of getting the machines, you know, ready for location play, but it it was a very fast turnaround. Um, And that's how it all started. No, that's that's amazing. And I went on your website. So I, I counted about 26 games. And I know that you were uh, so listeners, Rachel had texted me saying, I, I can't, I can't make it or I might be late. I'm not sure, because I'm expecting a delivery. So what did you just get? Today, today was Nitro Ground Shaker. Ooh, yep. Fun. So um, next week is Elvira. Jurassic Park. So these are all getting swapped out. Um, Today, Strikes and Spares went down, needs to have some some board surgery. So we threw Kiss in. Uh, Oh, no, we threw ACDC in. Uh, So there's just a constant swapping. It's really important to me that the games are all always working. I have a rule that I don't want anything to be down for more than 48 hours. If it's going to be down for that long, then it needs to come out. And we'll, we'll swap it out for something else. So for the last year, um, my husband, which you all may recognize as the uh, whiskey hued dreamboat kale that you see at the Marco booth. I was wondering, I was like, is that kale from, is that who, the, uh, well, congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So he, up until Monday, lived in South Carolina. 
And so I was flying back and forth all the time. And so I had some techs helping me maintain the arcade. Um, it's, it's hard to be away from it. And those guys also work in a different arcade as well. So there was just, it's just hard to know that there's problems that you could be fixing if you were not 1800 miles away. But now we're, we're both back here. So he's helping, he's helping me with teching and making sure everything is clean and, and, and well running all the time now. So, so we're really excited about, about not having to do the back and forth and having us both be there on site. My husband kind of married, I, well, I kind of came into pinball after we got married, but I call him pinball widow um, all the time because he, he, he likes pinball, but not the way I like pinball. <laughs> um, yeah, not, a, and he's so supportive and so sweet, but yeah, he's just like, you do you. And I'm going to stand over here. And I'm like, well, hold my quarters. You've got pockets. So, <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, no, he's super supportive. But I think that's great that he's going to be out there and you guys can be together long distance. I've done it. It's, ugh, yeah, that's rough. So, so congratulations on that. And so you opened up, you've been open for a year and you decide we need more. We need Moss Pinball. We need more pinball. Yep. So how did the renovations come about? I know you guys just completed them. How much more square footage did you guys add? We actually more than doubled. So, wow. So the arcade is bigger than my house, but I don't know by how much. Um, I actually haven't even measured out the square footage exactly. It's not huge. But there are 40 plus machines and a small bar in there uh, right now. So, so part of the arcade um, is, is a tiny little tiki bar, the electric bar. That's <laughs> the official opening for that is going to be December 8th. So right now there's bartenders there on the weekend, but it's not fully uh, decorated. And, and aesthetically, it's not, it's not there yet. But that's coming up in the next few weeks. So that will be a whole other uh, tiki bar that I think sometimes he might bartend at, uh, along with the normal staff bartenders. Um, so all of that is happening, too. And so the expansion happened. I came back from, I want to say the Portland show, a recent show, flew to Phoenix, had four days, a crew of construction folks and said like here's how how this is going to happen step 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 and it was a it was a lot of coffee because i think i stayed up for about four days straight moved all those machines in we got the finishing touches of the construction tearing down you know the doorways and and all that we it was a big team um so I, I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but but the electric bat is a part of Yucca Tap Room. So if there are people that that do the dive bar tours around the country, that that's a notable dive bar. It's been a punk bar for, like I said, fifty years. It's it's well, it wasn't punk fifty years ago, but it's it's been a bar and it's it's known for it for for punk and a lot of people consider that a destination on the the dive tours. So it, it's it's thrilling to be a part of that, um, and it also helps. That, that my aesthetics are, are dark and horror and that that genre that goes it fits well with with the with the general clientele that tend to come to the shows every night no that's amazing and you know electric bad I, I kind of sense the, a spooky dark theme there um, but I like the tiki thing I'm not I wasn't expecting necessarily you know you know gothic you know spooky vibe and tiki bar <laughs> it'll be tiki horror bar, tiki it'll be horror it'll be, tiki i like it yeah. I, I, I love tiki bars i love that kind of tiki 
camp in a way kind of thing going on. I, I really enjoy it. Whenever I'm in like LA or other places, I just, if I can find a tiki bar, I go because I just enjoy it so much. Um, so I think that's so awesome. How exciting. So you've got, you've got the Tiki bar, you've got the expansion. Do you have anything? I mean, those are kind of, do you have anything else? Um, those are kind of big, big things, but do you have any other kind of big goals that you see for the electric bat, you know, in the next, you know, year or two? Well, we're opening up the second location. So that's, we'll have electric bat North. Um, I think just getting to a point where all of those are running and, and I, I'm working less than seven days a week, <laughs> maintaining everything. Uh, That's always nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any any eyes on a third location right now. I think two is about all I want to do. Um, so what made you decide to do that second location? Was it just you saw a need? Um, I mean, I know that it that barcades and retro arcades are having kind of a renaissance and are coming back and, and, and as popular as ever. But was that something that you kind of saw on the wall or was just, it felt like kind of intrinsic, like it's time for me to expand? No, a lot of these, just kind of like the original one, a really great opportunity just kind of fell into our laps. So I'm, I'm teaming up with the same folks that own Yucca Taproom and we are just adding another location. It was just, Hey, here's a great opportunity. Would you like to do it? Well, sure. Um, so he here we are. And again, we started to have more machines than will fit in my house, the arcade and the arcade storage. So <laughs> if I just keep buying machines, I guess I need to, to find a place to put them. So when you're buying machines for the arcade, either with location do you have like an idea of what you're looking for? You know, is it just like, Hey, that's a good deal. Or do you have like, do you have a preference for certain types of machines? Do you want like a variety? Cause I know I, you know, I step into some arcades and it's only new stuff. Right. It's well, only, or, you know, do you have, or you step into arcade. Um, we only do like EMs and early solid state. Uh, you know, do you have like kind of a, an aesthetic or an idea of like, this is what I want in my, arcade. Yes. So I like all of the horror titles. I, I love those titles, but I also want to have uh, run the gamut. I, I'm not operating any EMs. I don't want to have to have a parts collection that works for solid state and <laughs> electromechanical. Yeah. So I am limiting myself to solid state, but I do want to have everything from, from the very earliest solid state up into the new Sterns, but I want to have a nice mix. So we have, we have some classic Sterns, we have classic Bally's, WPC system 11s, um, you know, all the way up to new Sterns. So we really, I, I really, it's important to me because I don't like to walk into an arcade. I get a chance to go to probably more arcades than, than most people being able to travel with the Marco crew. Um, seeing the ones that have all the same games that I've saw, seen at the ones at the last city, it gets, you know, it's cool. It's better than not having an arcade at all, but I, I like to see a nice mixture. I completely agree. I do get, you know, when you walk into a place or you go to some generic place and you kind of, I see like, oh, they have a Metallica machine or, oh, they have, you know, AC. I see a lot of the music pins usually when I'm just at a, you know, kind of a generic arcade. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I like it when somebody can actually kind of almost curate a collection and just put something together that at least I can sense that there's a theme or sense that, you know, hey, they took their time and kind of, 
you know, put this together. And coming going back a little bit earlier, I think that that's really important that you have the machines working. And that's a big thing with the location play that we play at in San Antonio. If something's down for more than a day or two, it comes off the floor and they'll, you know, either put something else in. Um, they're always working on something. I, I've unfortunately been to some arcades in the area. I'm not going to name names, but um, other arcades and other Texas cities where like broken machine, broken machine, broken machine. Oh, that one works, but uh, the other one ate your money. I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) I mean, it's just, and I know that as an operator, pinball machines, they're just like very sensitive and they're just, they're, they, there's a lot of things going on and they're, I don't want to say they're hard to take care of, but you know, they're, they have, they require some work. Um, So I, I can appreciate that from an ownership standpoint, um, but I, I can see that there's a challenge sometimes to make sure, making sure those things are up and running. Right. And the thing is, is that most of the issues that you'll come across operating pinball machines, um, are, are simple ones to fix, but you have to be there to see what needs to be fixed. For example, today, things that got fixed, some, um, some return springs on flippers, one of those busted off. So without that, it, it doesn't play right but it's a very simple fix wires come off of coils all the time just needs a quick resolder and you're back up and running but if you don't spend the like three minutes doing that fix you know machines down for however long but a lot of operators aren't on the same locations where their machines are you know they come around once a month to collect their quarters and that's whenever they they see that there's problems so i'm there and now kale is there we'll be there every day or five days a week seeing what these issues are. That's a big challenge too. Cause you do either they're on a route and somebody's coming by maybe once or twice a month or, you know, the tech isn't on site. You know, it's one of those, you call and leave a message and they'll come by in a day or two when they get a chance. So um, I applaud operators like yourself who actually kind of take the time, you know, make sure that things are running because nothing is a bigger bummer than either losing your money or just going somewhere where the machines don't work. And it's just, and we try and have cool out of order signs. So <laughs> <laughs> at least jazz it, jazz it up. <laughs> right. No, that's, oh, I love that. I love that. It's so awesome. Well, I mean, Rachel, you've got so much going on. Um, I mean, congratulations. The fact that, you know, you're now a, uh, you're a chain. You you have a multiple Jeez. location. This is not where <laughs> anyone in my life saw my life going. You know, but but I, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, congratulations, not only as a, as a, a pinballer, but also as a businesswoman. I mean, I think that's really amazing um, to have two successful, you know, two locations and then of course you know everything you're doing with marco i mean every time i go to a show that marco booth just gets bigger and bigger and more jazzy <laughs> I'm like whoo i feel like i'm at a big old concert this is amazing um so i can't wait to see you guys out at the houston arcade expo you guys had the biggest booth there last year so i'm excited to see your booth this year um that'll be super fun for sure you can play my my elvira and my jurassic park will be there so you can play those before they get shipped to me (laughs) well i'm really excited i i was like i know they're gonna have elvira they're gonna have elvira because that one i haven't played yet because that nobody in town has it yet it's so fun you're gonna love it 
I'm excited because I mean, I like the other two Elvira titles. I'm very much, I'm not going to pass judgment on something just because I saw a video on YouTube. I have to play it and kind of see what the game's all about. So I'm excited to play that one. Love some Jurassic Park that every time I play that game, I just love it more and more. It's so much fun. Yeah, I will buy anything Keith Elwin designs. So far, I'm just, uh, I'm loving the the fresh the fresh blood he's bringing to pinball is uh, fantastic uh, i i'm excited to, to play his next machine i'm already you know just the machines that he's designing are excellent and i'm so glad that stern picked him up to do that yeah he i think he's a real game changer and like you said it's kind of a a, a, a fresh breath a, a breath bleh, i can't talk a breath of fresh air you know it's just something different and it's two for two i loved iron maiden I'm not a huge Maiden fan, but I could I could transcend the theme. And for me, that's a lot because that theme's a big thing for me. But I could transcend that just because of the gameplay of Iron Maiden. It was just that good. I was like, I, I, I don't care about the theme. And then I, I even like Jurassic Park even more. I, I didn't think I'd like it more than Maiden, but I do. It's just a great game. Yeah, I had same, same. And Jurassic Park, I could not care about that theme really any less <laughs> than I do. And that like, I had to have that game because it's just so fun. It, it makes me want to go and watch the movies. Whenever the theme of a pinball machine can make me care about, uh, you know, about the property. That's, that's really impressive to me. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, there was this whole like hullabaloo that, you know, oh, well, it's just this generic Jurassic Park. You know, it doesn't tie into the movies. I was a little bummed that there was no Jeff Goldblum, but <laughs> it, they, they made it work. They made that theme work. And it still, to me, has the the spirit of the Jurassic Park franchise. Like you just, it's a dinosaur machine. How much more fun could that be? It's a dinosaur machine. Um, and it, it does, it does make you want to go back and watch the movies. And they're also, I just heard that they were going to actually bring back the original cast to do another Jurassic Park film. I'm like, well, there you go. Well, we'll be on the lookout for the game updates. Exactly. All right. Well, Rachel, we're kind of coming towards the end of the show. I, you know, you've been such an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being on. I have one segment and it's called Inside the Pinball Arcade. Uh, We ask each guest that comes on the show to answer a few questions and we find out more about your pinball mind. Are you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one, what game do you love? Stern Stars. Nice. What is it that you like about stars? I like that it's it's very, very difficult to do well, but also it's a simple game, simple rule set. I can play it at the end of a long, long day. Question number two, what game do you hate? Oh, there are, I hate to throw games under the bus. (laughs) Um, Man, there's some, some Gottlieb System 3s that are some excellent paperweights. Uh, <laughs> kind of that whole genre. Or that, that whole Gottlieb System 3s are not not my favorite. Uh, I wanted to love um, Freddy. Couldn't, couldn't do it. <laughs> I ended up selling that game because it just... Oh. Couldn't make it work for you. <laughs> All right. I won't make you call it anybody specific. So we'll just say System 3. Okay. Um, all right. Question number three. What is your favorite pinball art? This can be playfield art, back glass, or cabinet art. 
Ooh. I think I actually like the kitschiness of games like Gorgar. Some of those System 6s where they really just kind of rushing them out. Uh, not because it's beautiful art, but just because you can tell that this was... This was something that needed to get done by Thursday, and and someone <laughs> threw it together. The proportions are all wrong, and it, and it's kind of goofy. Um, but I, I think I like a lot of that art. Like Gorgart reminds me of early D and D stuff, where the same right. sort of thing. Like they didn't have the best person in in the business, but they they made it work. I think I like that kitsch. Okay, that, I like that. That's a very specific kind of niche right there because it is it, it, there's like all right we need something that looks demony and i need it by thir- i need it by thursday so yeah <laughs> go um all right, i love that one all right question number four what is your favorite pinball sound this can be a sound that a mech makes or a particular you know soundtrack or something this is easy for me data east really the whole data east catalog there's so- there's something about those little beep that that just brings back really good memories but on data east 25th anniversary star trek uh, that was i that's a sentimental game for me because that's the first game i ever owned um but just hearing those data east sounds with um with all the the star trek call outs i love that love that all right. Question number five. What is your, and this got, this one's got to be kind of hard for you because you go to so many. What is your favorite festival event to attend or play in? Okay. Well, I'm going to exclude ZapCon since I run that. That would be unfair right. for me to say. So outside of ZapCon, I actually think um, Southern Fried and we talk about this all the time whenever we're in the hotel room, you know, just kind of staff sitting around um, drinking whiskey in the hotel room. Like, wow, this one is even better than that one was. Uh, so Atlanta Southern Fried and the Tacoma show, the Northwest Pinball and Arcade show. Those are my two, right now, my two favorite. Oh, TPF too. That, ooh. Some of them it's hard because I've got like a whole lot of friends in one region. I know whenever I go there, I'm going to get to see a bunch of people. Um, those three shows are are my favorites. Yeah, well, I love my baby. My baby is number one. But, you know, if it's not my baby, then, yeah, no, those are three excellent choices. And I've never actually been to the Houston show. Um, you got to come. You got to come. I would love sometime. to. I thought I was going to come this year, but then this whole moving and expansion, you know, the it, it didn't end up working out. So next year I will be at Houston. Uh, we'll definitely see you there because that's the closest expo to San Antonio. So all of us kind of make the pilgrimage to Houston and it's the party expo. We It's just all about having a good time. It's got that kind of fun yeah. vibe, you know, it's le- not, I mean, the, yes, there's people selling things and all kinds of things going on, but um, yeah, it's just very much the party zone. It, it's a, it's a fun space. I've heard from many people that that is the most fun show to be at, like the biggest party. Yeah, so. it is. It's it's a legit party. So <laughs> I want to um, go. Yeah, no, it's it, it's very very fun. Um, I want to go to that show it. and not work it. I'm I just want to go as an attendee and yeah. be able to to take part in everything. 
Yeah, that's the that's always the hard part, you know. I I feel bad for my friends, you know, with at Space City, you know, the Houston pinball folks. They're going to be running. They got the Space City Open. They have got a women's tournament. They've got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm just here to have a good time. So, <laughs> um, I I actually offer it. I'm like, do you need help? And they're like, we think we got it. I'm like, okay. I. I offered, you said no. Okay, then I feel like I'm totally off the hook and I'm just going to sit over here and have a drink (laughs) (laughs) and play some pinball. So super fun. But hopefully you can pen it in for next year once everything kind of settles down. um, Hopefully um, you can make it out to that one. All right, question number six. What is, you, you own so many, so you may already have it. What is your grail pin? Either the pin you have always wanted to own, do you own it, or is it something that you aspire to own? Um, the pin that I wanted was Adam's family because that's the one that I remembered the most from being a little goth kid. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've owned that for many, many, many years. Uh, the one that I don't own that would like to own Viking Bally Viking. Oh, I wow. I would like okay. to own that machine. That is a fun layout. So if anybody has one for sale, hit me up. <laughs> so you heard of folks. If you got a Viking, send the, girl. <laughs> yeah. Add electric bat arcade on Instagram. DM me. All right. So I like, I like that one. I've never seen it in person. I've only seen photos. So I, I, good luck on that one. Cause it it's not really one you come fun across game. It's not fun. If you already own one and are thinking about selling it, it's a good idea to just sell it. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your time to let it go. Right, and let right, it right. You've, you've worn it out. <laughs> Move along. All right. Question number seven. Who would you most enjoy playing head to head? Who do you enjoy playing pinball with the most? Or is there somebody out there that you would like to play pinball with? So I love playing with Kale because we're both very competitive and we'll make very large bets and it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but we're, we're fairly evenly matched. Um, it's the other person that I love playing with is in, I, I can't even remember what show it was. I think it was at the Northwest show. Keith Elwin came up. And we were playing Iron Maiden, and he had to play one-handed <laughs> and still just annihilated me. And so that was, I mean, it is his game. So that that was one, but that was that was really fun. And I'd like to have some rematches, some some one-handed Keith battles. Oh, I, I like that. Okay. I was like, Keith, I'll, I will play you, but you can only <laughs> use the one hand. You will still probably beat me, but you can only use the one hand. So, oh oh my gosh, that's too funny. I love that. That's a great story. All right. Final question. Uh, Question number eight. What is your dream theme? This is a theme that has not been produced, but that you would like to see come to life by a major manufacturer. I would love to have a Sisters of Mercy pin. I know that there's like three other people in the world that would like that, but that would be, that would, I would buy that unseen. I love that idea. Something a little different from the music pen category, not just, you know, old classic rock. So, yeah. um, you or know, I, like a, a goth compilation, you know, skinny puppy, that would be good. Um, like any, any bands like eighties, nineties, goth industrial, anything in there I would, I would take. 
I love that. Yeah, no, I think that would be really great. I think, and I think it would appeal to a lot more people than, you know, we would think because there, there are a lot of people that listen to goth still and, you know, it's still popular music. I enjoy Dark Wave on Sirius XM, not going to lie. Yeah, see, there you go. Same. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show, um, sharing your time with us, sharing your stories. You've got so much going on. Again, congratulations on the expansion, the new location, everything that's going on with Marco. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, either having to do with Marco or having to do with the Electric Bat Arcade, where are some um, ways that they can get a hold of you? Uh, If it's Electric Bat, then the easiest way is probably Instagram or Facebook. And those are both at electric bat arcade. If it's about Marco, then they can email me at R R-B-E-S-S, at Marco pinball.com or message us on any of the Marco social media and then they'll get it to me. Fantastic. All right. So next time you'll be able to see Marco at the Houston arcade expo. And where are you guys going to be after that? Ooh, after that, you know, we don't have our 2020 show plan. I know that Kale and I will be out at Indisc in Southern California. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing that. So you can you can at least see some Marco crew out at Indisc in January. I'll say that. All right. So so we'll put a pin in that and we'll find out more. And as soon as we get the uh, the schedule, listeners, we'll let you guys know. But um, Rachel, again, thank you so much for being on the show. You are welcome to come back anytime. Any if there's anything going on in the world of Marco or Electric Bat. And I wish you all the best and congratulations again. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'd love to come back sometime and, and have a drink with the Marco crew for me. Woohoo! I will definitely. All right, listeners, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I don't have my schedule planned out for November, but we are going to have somebody next week. I just don't know who it is. Um, uh, I got a couple people lined up, but I don't know what's going to happen. It's a surprise. Be surprised. Life's just one giant surprise. Um, but if you have any comments about the show, if you'd like, if there's some ladies you'd like to hear from, please feel free to email me, backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Also, for the month of November, if you want to be the coolest person at the expo or whatever, you know, you're going to, you need your Backbox Pinball Podcast official t-shirt. You can just click on swag on the website. And through the month of November, all the shirts are 20% off. So um, take advantage of that if you want to be the cool kid wearing the cool t-shirt. And I'm just going to plug it. I'll say it. I got the Patreon Um, If you want to, you know, be at the nightlight level and help me keep the lights on and all that good stuff, you can donate to Patreon as well. Again, listeners, thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for all the messages. I really appreciate it. And keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!